0: I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou, and on today's episode, we are going to get into some injury news in the NFL, what that means to card prices, we're going to talk about the upcoming PRISM football release, and then we're going to answer your questions. We hinted that on the last episode, how you could submit questions to us via Instagram, Twitter, or email, and we're going to answer some of those questions today. So, just going to get right into the big news out of the weekend, in the NFL was Joe Burrow looks like it was a I believe an ACL tear an MCL tear and there was possible ligament damage in his uh in his knee certainly not what you want to see um I saw someone tweet on uh Twitter and I couldn't agree more it said it should be illegal to take someone with Joe Burrow's talent and put him on a team with such a lackluster offensive line um because that team Joe Burrow is great, and that offensive line is awful. And, I mean, you guys have seen it all year if you watch anything about the Bengals. I mean, dude's have been getting destroyed. Yeah. And just su- such unfortunate news, and I want to kind of get your guys' opinion on what this means for, for the card market because, obviously, Joe Burrow is basically the, the hottest rookie in, in football right now.
2: Lou? um, It's unfortunate. Because Joey B was having a really nice season, he was looking pretty legit. Um, I will say the whole that whole thing about the offensive line is a little bit ridiculous. Like, there's a reason Team had the number one pick. It's because they're the worst team in the league. So I would imagine they had a lot of holes. Um, yeah, fair. So that's unfortunate, but partially unavoidable. Um, it also f- seems like it came out worse than people thought. People thought it might have been just the ACL, but it, I guess it was ACL and NCL, which is a real bummer. Um, but yeah, I mean in terms of in terms of his career, I mean, I'm sure he'll that they'll take care, good care of him. He'll be back next season. And then uh on the card front, I guess Ryan you were saying this might have an impact on his on the prism box prices, how those cards come out price-wise, singles. Um to me, I think it's an interesting buying opportunity, right? Like if you if you really like Joe, which I I do, and I think a lot of the people a lot of people do as well, he might his cards might see a downturn now in prism. Uh, once prison comes out, people might be chasing Herbert a little bit harder because he's had a nice string of games here. So, um, yep, I'm I'm into Joe long term regardless of this injury, but it's definitely unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Lou,
0: I, I I think you're you hit the nail right on the head there. Herbert definitely going to see a nice uptick. He's been playing the best. Herbert, and I think that looks good. That, that ball yeah, he, he, he looks, threw
1: to Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen for a touchdown, rolling out to his left, laser that, with the dude covered. I'm like. Whew.
0: No offense, but he played the Jets.
1: It would, it would, it could have been any team in that room for that play. But yes, okay, I get the Jets <laughs>
0: reference. But Lou and, and uh, I think the the Herbert aspect makes the like I don't think that's going to hurt Prism a whole lot. If we didn't have Herbert playing the way he was, Prism probably wouldn't be as hot out of the gate. But Herbert still being on fire, I saw Tua got benched, not playing amazing so that'll hurt a little bit but I think Herbert will help but this this to me this is what I was I was going to ask you guys is with the market the way it is as hot as it's ever been this is the first time I can remember in this market where a major star got hurt so right in the past when the market wasn't as hot as it was somebody got hurt and their cards plummeted plummeted like you could get them for nothing I remember when Blake Griffin was the number one pick and he was hurt you could buy his stuff super cheap Mm -hmm. now Lou said possible buying opportunity I think a lot of people are gonna see Joe Burrow as a buying opportunity knowing he's not gonna play for the next month and it makes you wonder how how far down are his cards gonna go yeah there's
1: a couple things that really play through my mind is like that that first overall pick, especially at quarterback, which is the, the position in football. I actually think in a weird way, this may lead to more and more prospecting of other guys. Just if you go down the list, obviously Kyler Murray is now coming into his own Baker. Um, but as you go further, you got golf Winston. I'm looking at number one quarterback picks. Luck in 2012 used to get pounded. Cam Newton would get pounded. Sam Bradford pounded. Stafford still in the league a little bit. But like the the number one pick puts you in a dangerous position. And more and more so as the league continues to change, I think. I mean, Burrow was getting crushed all year. And off of that knee damage, Like it being a buying opportunity, he's got a lot of work to do to get back on the field in a competitive environment, and it might be four or five years before you see him sitting in a position. Like, are are the Cardinals what six and four, seven and three,
2: something like that? Yeah,
1: I mean, you're asking a lot. If if you think Cardinals or the Bengals, the um, the Cardinals, because Kyler Murray's second year, I'm saying is sitting in that position. No matter how good Joe Burrow is. It might be a stretch to say forty yeah, uh, twenty four months from now that he's ten weeks in seven and three. And then it's like, okay, how long are you just gonna sit around and trade off of his potential or prospect so or looking wh- good? What I'm saying is it's I think it's scary. I think right now, more than ever, people are prospecting. He looked good, but even so, they weren't good. That wasn't a good football team.
2: I wouldn't compare Joey, Joe Burrow to Kyler though I don't think it's the same
1: meaning I'm saying Kyler was the number one pick last year,
2: yeah, but Kyler's prices were a thousand dollars before the season started. I don't think Joe Burrow would ever touch a thousand preseason next year
1: uh if he had played out this year
2: I don't think so. why is that I just see I disagree with that. I agree with Kyler on this
0: because so. <laughs> they would have gotten a top three pick they would have you would assume again this is.
2: They also so added DeAndre Hopkins and all that. Like, it, it was a different situation. I know what you guys are saying, but it's different.
1: So it's just, I, I don't know. Like, right before the ACL, all the chatter Joe Burrow, stud, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Boom. And then AC, ACL, bad injury, gruesome injury. And immediately the conversation uh, all over Twitter is like buying opportunity. For Joe Burrow, like almost looking at it, is it, like trying to spin that this is a potential good thing, whereas we just printed out shirts like in the three weeks ago that literally said Charizard can't tear an ACL. And I I want to be careful because I don't I, I never want to talk about like a feel for him and he is amazing and was such a well like carried kid and all the good things. But at the same time, we talk a lot on here about information, education, budget, how do you, you know, collecting versus investing all this. I just would be careful in immediately saying Joe Burrow is now a buying opportunity when there's also a lot of other ways that you can deploy that capital.
0: Joe Burrow is not a buying opportunity now. He's not a buying opportunity in a week. He's not a buying opportunity in a month. Joe Burrow is in a buying opportunity in March or in February when football's wrapping up and Joe Burrow hasn't played right like we talk about this all the time relevancy will matter right Justin Herbert gonna have you know hopefully some some great games Tua is gonna play maybe Jalen Hurts is gonna get some some time Carson Wentz's first drive yesterday threw a pick six like he's not looking very good
1: mm, so Joe
0: Burrow's not gonna be slinging touchdown passes to Tyler Boyd anytime soon so I think the buying opportunity with Joe Burrow is gonna be you know Six five, six months from now when basketball's on and baseball's on and other things are on. Um, and and you're not thinking about Joe Burrow, you're thinking about, hey, Justin Herbert got some more weapons, let's buy his stuff. I just I think Burrow's opportunity to buy isn't right away. Burrow's market, I think, is gonna dip. I think it's going to go down here in the foreseeable future. It's really high, and he's not playing for another 12 months. Best case. So
2: you know, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think I think the the time to have this conversation is probably three weeks after Prism comes out, and it's been sitting on eBay for a little bit, and you see where Herbert is versus Burrow versus Tua, and go there from go. there. Because I'm saying it's a buying opportunity based on the fact that I I like Joe Burrow's game. It's not a, a matter of yes. the yes where he relates to the other guys, right? It, that's it's going to exactly. come down to where where he relates to the other three guys, the other two guys. Wait in Prism till and see what those prices. Wait look till
0: like. select. Wait till Optic, wait till Contenders, and and then, exactly, compare, I love love what Lou said, that's so smart. Wait till other products come out. See, there you go. Wait wait till Select, Contenders, those products come out, and what happens when Joe Burrow, what's his rookie ticket auto from Contenders gonna look like compared to Tua's or to Herbert's? Mm -hmm. Let's have that conversation then.
1: Do you, going in a little bit more, is Prism prices gonna be affected?
0: Sure. Yeah, I, it's unavoidable. For, for for Joe Burrow, yes. For the wax, no, no, no way, no. Yeah,
2: let's, no. Talk, let's talk about the wax a little bit. That's what I was. Yeah, that's where no, I, no I wanted shot. to go. No. Because Tuesday, Tuesday, is the first off the line, right?
0: Yeah, it drops before this episode it will air.
2: Yeah. So first off the line drops tomorrow on Pinini's website. They're doing, I think it's called a Dutch auction. Is that what it's called, where it mm-hmm. starts at a certain. Yep. So it's starting at two thousand. Uh, work its way down. Where do you guys think the Boxes will come out like the majority of the boxes will sell at. Start with Ryan. It will. I don't
0: think it will go under like eleven hundred. It's typically pretty close to retails where it bottoms out, and then people pay slightly above retail, realizing, oh, hey, this is a better buy than the like the normal product. And with normal hobby being consistently over a thousand bucks, it's right around ten fifty now. Um, I just think you're going to get prison first offline. Right around that number is where it's going to settle. Yeah. But I think there will be buy offers from like some of the bigger card breakers and the card companies like blow out like those guys put out buy offers. I think you'll see buy offers on this probably pretty close to like thirteen hundred to fourteen hundred a box pretty quickly. And I would assume it, it has resale potential around fifteen fifty, sixteen hundred a box pretty pretty shortly after after the Dutch auction ends. Ty? I I
1: think you spot on. I I I lost my mind for a second, wandering, because I was like, uh, I'm uh kind of getting into the holidays here, and I have a lot of random wax, and I want to I haven't opened cards in a long time, and I'm like, should I should I just buy a box? A prism? Open? I'm actually yeah.
2: talking about someone about getting the prism <laughs> off right now, but uh, I actually think that I feel like the price for this for us off the line is going to be around twelve hundred, um. And because I've started, I've already seen some people are listing pre orders on eBay for 2K. So that leads me to believe it's going to be right around 1200 buys. Um, I guess the question is do they actually, this is my not having knowledge. Do they release how many boxes they sell on there? or No, or do they just sell mm. them and then they sell out and that's the end.
0: Nope you can you can typically figure it out if they number the shimmers. So there's typically like a red shimmer, a blue shimmer, or like a light blue shimmer. Like and that's what they did in basketball in like eighteen nineteen, and those were all numbered to seven. So then you could just do well, there's seven of this, seven of this, seven of this. There's three hundred eighty five total cards. You just do the math, and then that's how you figure it out. But the last couple of years for Prism. First off the line they haven't numbered all of the parallels, that makes it harder to track. So th- but they've never officially released there will only be five thousand boxes available. Yeah. I don't expect it to like like Lou said twelve hundred, eleven 1, hundred. dollars to, uh, to me, there's no way it goes under a thousand dollars a box.
2: I don't think so. I just it's impossible. Don't see it. If the if the are if, if the base if the, not the base, if the regular hobbies are selling for a thousand, ten fifty, eleven 1, hundred by tomorrow, it's not possible. And if they are, like, it just people, doesn't seem uh, I'm going to snap one. I would buy a case. Yeah. <laughs> of
0: I think that's a good buy. hundred yeah, percent. All right. So now let's, uh, let's get into questions we got from the audience. Again, these were questions we solicited on Instagram or Twitter. If you guys want to ask questions for future episodes, feel free to reach out. It's just card talk pod on IG or Twitter. So Lou, why don't you start us off? What question do you have this week?
2: Shout out to everyone for the questions, by the way. We appreciate it; helps make our jobs a lot easier. <laughs> um, so, Taylor Douglas at Douglas Taylor on Twitter said, "When buying lots to flip, uh, should I be looking more for bigger names and cheaper sets, or more expensive sets and lesser tier names?" So, the example he gave: Would he buy a? Would you rather buy a bunch of Chronicles of John Morant and Zion, or would you buy Prism, RJ Barrett, or Kendrick Nunn? Ty, start it off. And let's take it. The other thing is that I would say the qualifier to take off is like, assuming that you are, you believe equally in both Zion and Kendrick Nunn, where are you going?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, which is not a strategy I've deployed personally, but I do think that uh, both when I, the way I frame this conversation up in my mind, both are modern players, both Could get Joe Burrowed tomorrow, meaning something could happen and the whole thing collapses. Now Joe Burrow, likely the whole thing's not going to collapse because he is tier 1A, right? So boom, I that makes me go Zion, tier 1A, Kendrick Nunn, maybe not as tier 1A, right? So the, the, the investment that these organizations, what they mean to the league, the fanfare that they have. Uh, so I do think that if you're going to play a modern game, you know, ball, ball, like if he ends up not on the nuggets for them, they can keep it moving. He's not a top five pick for them, etc. Uh, I would, I would go with the Zion and go across product because I think that you're going to find a lot more demand more purchasers out there that are not caught up in the product but would rather have cool cards of the player for you t- as they uh aqu- like as they climb the, the higher ranks of their career ladder uh that
0: are looking to acquire those cards how many people are on ebay right now searching zion and how many people are searching Kendrick nun yeah right like The demand is higher for Zion. Zion's potential is higher than Kendrick Nunn's, right? Like, the likelihood one of those two guys works out is going to favor Zion. All things, you know, Zion, even with his weight and his, Mm -hmm. a lot of other things that could be there, Zion definitely has the biggest potential. Uh, And I think that's just important, right? Like, Kendrick Nunn, it wouldn't really surprise any of us, none of us at all, if next year Kendrick Nunn didn't play at all for the Miami Heat. Like, none of us would be like, oh, man, that's crazy. Like, he didn't play for most of the season when he was back. They had Drogic. Like, and this this isn't, you know, to crap on Kendrick Nunn. This is just people want to buy the best best of the best. They're going to look for Zion more. You'll have more luck selling something that people are after, right? Like, in, in all my years buying lots cool cards of lesser players are going to sell, but buying rookies and inserts and bulk stuff of those guys is just a little bit of a harder move. It's there's slimmer margins. The demand isn't there to me. I would rather have the bigger names than it makes me
1: really because I have a couple of buddies that are playing in this game heavy, but like the Michael Jordan insert, like anything Jordan card wise, random insert looks cool. like, carry serious weight now so now the trickle down of that again zion is not even in in the galaxy of michael jordan but if you apply that over time it's like it makes sense people just want michael jordan stuff it's not about the rookie it's not about you know the fleer but like this cool design and that's michael jordan okay there's a massive community of michael jordan people think about it that way
2: um i would say you know to take the question and turn it on its head i would buy less cards and just buy the zion prism or the job prism to turn the question on its head but for the purpose of the question to me i'm gonna i'm gonna go opposite you guys here um i feel like you have a better opportunity to especially if you're buying raw and you're buying lots i think you have a really good opportunity to make some good margins on prism because people are going to try to raw to great prism they want to buy prism cards right so like if you know, RJ has a good couple day, like a couple of games in a row. I think you have a pretty good shot of moving that at a pretty decent margin if you're buying right now. Um, so
0: it it's, yeah, less risk for sure. Yeah, it goes
2: into the investing strategies, right? Like are you buying to sit on cars or you're gonna be move are you gonna be doing a lot of transactions, right? Uh that's coming up a lot recently. But um, yeah, I just think if you're doing a lot of transactions, I think you have a pretty good opportunity. You're take you're taking a little more risk in the player that you're buying, but your dollar amount yes. is probably, your cost per card yes. is probably significantly lower.
0: And I think this is a great time to point this out because we we've mentioned this before, but not recently. There's not really a wrong answer, right? There are reasons to take both strategies. Everybody collects and everybody invests differently. So like Lou said, you could buy a bunch of RJ rookies for a couple bucks, have less risk that RJ Barrett's going to be as good or as popular as Zion, but you're not going to spend nearly as much money buying Zion. So, yeah, yeah, I, I love it, but I think this is a good time to point out that there isn't a w- oh, final answer for the for these questions. It's just, you know, yep. opinion. I
1: I will say though that a majority, you know, you can wrap things up always like there's no right answer, that answer. What what we speak to a lot of times and and the questions that are coming in are individuals that are either newer to The hobby and or are looking to make money off of being in the hobby.
0: Yep. Trying to turn this into a side hustle.
1: Yeah. Like amazing if you are listening right now and you have no interest in profiting off of uh, an Anthony Davis card. Amazing. That's fine. And we love that you're still a part of this and, and enjoying, and hopefully we can bring some value to you as well. Uh, but at the same time, the the value we're looking to bring is if you are coming in to the hobby or you've been in the hobby or you used to be in it and are now understanding that there's a lot more demand than there was, we're trying to impart wisdom on the a, a way to sustainably use the hobby to have fun and make some income.
0: All right, Great question there. Uh, Ty, what about you? You got another, you got a question for us? Uh,
1: yep. So let's see. I said the question that I received is by, uh, I, I believe it's Giano, but on Instagram it's G numerical number one, a N N O Giano. And it is, what are the biggest mistakes beginners make? I think it's a fascinating question. Rye, what what do you feel the biggest mistakes beginners make when they come into the hobby?
0: Unrealistic expectations is is the is the obvious one here. We've talked about it before, especially when the market was on an uptick end of, you know, all the way through July through early August, when everything you bought made money. I mean, there were years I bought things that went up five percent, ten. Like that was that was okay, right? Like the market didn't fluctuate as much, and it seems like anymore, if somebody isn't Patrick Mahomes on day one, or something doesn't go up five thousand percent in a week, like it's like man, that's disappointing. But these things take time, right? Like I, I think that's the big thing here is you've got to really slow down and realize that, like. It, especially with the grading, look at the grading process, right? Mm-hmm. If you're gonna go come in, buy cards, grade them, flip them, right? Like I, we talk about that being a great strategy a lot. Um, I think the big thing is just unreal, like unrealistic expectations.
2: I agree with that. Um, I think it's unrealistic expectations, um, and I think it's, uh, I think it's listening to voices in the room. So what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, uh, you come onto instagram and you're like oh cool car talk and you listen to car talk and then you hear me say i really like tyler hero or you hear tyler say he really likes uh michael porter jr and then you go buy it and then you're like wait this isn't working out the way i wanted it to why did that not happen the reason that happened is because you didn't understand what you research. were buying like you bought a trey young oh you bought a trey young or a tyler hero cool why did you buy it what did you pay for like what did you pay for it is a real thing i think (laughs) i think a lot of times people see bins on ebay and just hit bin and like especially if they don't if they don't, if they don't know what they're doing right because they think that's the price of the thing and it's like this is very much different than if you're going to go buy like sneakers on nike like nike sneakers as msrp and that's the price in the end and you're trying to flip that on ebay you're buying you're buying secondary to begin with so there's already a natural barter and conversation needs to happen so listening to the loudest voices in the room is a big mistake that a lot of people make.
1: Yeah. And I, which is great. I think the whole question in in and of itself is like, it comes right to us. And it's like, yeah, the I, to your point, one of the biggest mistakes you could do is listen to this podcast, take every word as if it's gospel and then go do those things and then turn around and say, why didn't that work? Like the, I think one of the biggest mistakes beginners make is overemphasize that they are a beginner, and so then they all they want to do is extract from everyone else yeah. rather than chart their own course. Yep. Um, and I think it happens in a in a lot of areas or uh, beginner right, uh, or I'm a beginner and this has been around for so long so I don't know anything versus understanding that everything's changing so fast. Anyway, that as long as you're willing to immerse yourself, meet a bunch of people pay respect to people that have been in the game, but be willing to learn and then chart your own course, you'll be fine. Like it, Robinhood I think a lot about what's going on right now, especially um, with all the stay at home measures around COVID 19. The amount of day millennial day traders that are using Robinhood that to day trade and you know sell shorts, whatever, that are beginners and if they listen to everyone that has been, you know, trading equities for the last 20 years, most of those people aren't like in that same game. So my point is that it's all changing so fast that after your first day of being a beginner, you're no longer a beginner. So stop like playing the game. Like you have to follow everyone else's lead. Everyone's just trying to figure it out themselves. And as as long as you're willing to put yourself in there and fail on your own accord and realize that you're in like control of your own budget your own buying your own spending then you'll be good but if you're like i'm a beginner i don't know anything do can you guys do it for me i'm just going to listen to what you say okay cool why is this going down why uh, did this go up but i didn't buy it like don't don't be a beginner biggest advice to beginners is don't be a beginner you're not a beginner in everything so apply You're a veteran in some other things apply that mentality
2: yeah i think something you just said that Thing that came out of it for me was like, every starting point shouldn't be like, "Uh, you said X. Why? Yeah. Like, why didn't X happen? I did that, da, da da Like, it shouldn't. Nothing. You shouldn't be basing all of what you're doing off of, uh, someone else's like research. That's a that's yeah. a that's a recipe for destruction in everything.
0: And it's not to say that you can't though, right? Like, what is someone's track record when Lou? Uh, it, when Lou and Tyler started telling me about Pokemon cards the first time I ever came on this episode, I was like, you know, a little skeptical. I didn't know them super well and we go longer and longer and they're like, hey, I like this. And I'm like, hey, I love that. I, I'm i more open to the ideas, right? So it's not to say they don't trust people. It just, again, I think doing some of your own research is very important in this and realizing that, you know, not every, nobody knows the future, right? Like we're not Nostradamus. So we don't know that... Trey Young is gonna be the best buy of the of the offseason. We just think that we've talked about it before that Trey Young might be a buy yeah. right now.
1: And and um, why we generally and the way that I want people to hopefully consume us, but also the way that I think you should consume other things is on ideal on ideology and principles, not on specifics. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's something around the uh, sports uh betting industry too, right? If you've never bet sports before, like the whole sports cappers, sign up for my $30 thing or I start following this person that puts out picks. Like if you start on a Tuesday, well, you don't know if they went 0-8 on Sunday and Monday and then they're 5-0 and 0 on Tuesday and then you're like, this person's amazing and all, then you just start doing everything that they're doing.
0: Not getting the whole picture. You're not
1: getting the full picture. But yep. maybe there's a reason why they took those five picks. Can I learn from the reason why and then apply that
0: to my own decision-making. That was a great question, but let's, I want to kind of build on that because we have a question that I got that I actually really like. That's very similar to that. And I think it applies here. So it was from, let me pull it up. I think it was from Clayton. Yeah. So this is from Clayton Murphy, and this is a great transition here. It says, what is your biggest, what is your guys' biggest mistaking cards that you've made? And as an example, not selling too soon as one. So it, Mistake you remember making in cards that really stands out to you, and then also mentioning uh, not se- or selling, not
2: what to say, not
0: selling too soon.
2: So biggest mistake that wasn't I sold something too soon. It w- yes. it was. No, no, we can't. Biggest use- mistake. Biggest yeah, he mistake said and in not cards. sell.
0: Yeah, he said and not selling too soon is one.
2: Yeah. So basically, what's your biggest mistake? But you can't say selling a card too soon. Tyler.
1: I would say it's actually the advice that I just gave in the the last answer. It was not applying the principles that I was being taught, mainly by Gary, initially and early on, across other verticals of my own interests. Lou, Pokemon. Like, uh, immediately, we went, okay, I see this conversation happening over here around modern basketball cards. And we would look at each other and be like, Pokemon. Like, it's clear and obvious they can't get hurt. The supplies are exponentially lower. And I damn well know more people care about Charizard than they do Zion. I don't care what you say. No matter what, I, he might be the most hyped dude out.
2: It's not even close.
1: But I I only, like, dabbled. I didn't could fully go there. 'Cause I wasn't ready to make the decision on my own. Like I, I was like, I see it. It nothing is more obvious. I could have been buying PSA ten first edition, like would have they were still expensive comparatively. At that time, even spending five grand on a card would have been like
2: makes no sense. What?
1: Makes no sense. But it was right there and I knew it. And I knew it cold. But I was like, it it's not the per the the, the the what I was getting taught wasn't Pokemon, but the ideologies were the same. Mm-hmm. And so that's my biggest mistake. And 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 that's the thing on the beginner is those things are still out there. Those those opportunities are still out there. And can you find your own passion? Nadal, Federer like those cards I, I the the only time I really felt I fucking did it was Mike Tyson.
0: It's the only time because you bought that early.
1: Bought them early, 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 and it's and I, I heard a rambling the the fights this weekend, and it was the first time where I heard something, and my head went to, I gotta fucking buy the cards, yeah, because I know the demand's gonna be there and it's gonna pop, and I I think I 10xed. I had to find the text Tyson. that me
2: and you were texting about that. Remember that day? I had to find yeah. those texts and pull them up
1: immediately. The question of UK and the Panini Super Sport, Italian Supersport Sport, were the two cards. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would I would say. My biggest mistake is not the advice I just gave on the last question of think about ideology, not speci- specifics, and apply them. I didn't do it enough. I would be the Pokemon can't. Like I, we were there, dude. Yeah, we, we had it, had it all. We would have all the red cheeks, all the yellow cheeks,
2: everything. That, the this is a, not the question, but the red cheeks is the ultimate. Like we had that shit so cold, cold. Anyway, um, I passed
1: on them at 500 bucks. Yeah,
2: me too. I passed on nine at like one fifty. Um, <laughs> the, uh, maybe not one fifty, but something like that. But I, I think mine is, uh, mine is not being, uh, so this is mine, not being honest with what my real commitment level was to it. And then acting accordingly. So, uh, it's a it's a spinoff of Tyler's. It's not trusting my intuition enough, because essentially, this this it varies by person to person. But for me, I have a pretty good intuition about stuff like that. I think the three of all three of us do about these kinds of things. We have a pretty good intuition, right? And I was like, all right, cool. I will never ever spend seven hundred dollars on a card. That was the stupidest thing ever. I had seven hundred dollars to spend on the card, right? And if I would have just done it. And trusted my gut, I would be in a much better position today than I was six, th- uh, three or six months ago. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, trusting trusting your gut and your intuition is something I would say is my trusting my gut is my biggest mistake. Not trusting my gut, and I was overly conservative. I've been saying I'm overly conservative about cars to Tyler for like two years. Yeah. Every single time, I'm like, yeah, but like, eh. <laughs> like that. That's always that's been my biggest yep. my biggest regret being too conservative.
0: Yeah. I have a couple others that I want to mention that I think are worth pointing out um, but that that has to be one to, the way I look at mine it's very similar to your guys it would just be not putting my money where my mouth is right like I, I talked about the first couple episodes of the show I was all over Luis Robert I'm like this kid is going mm-hmm. to be a stud I'm not really a baseball guy so I'm like eh maybe I don't really know I'm like I'll, I'll hold off I'm like this guy's gonna be good this guy's gonna be good this guy's gonna be good and I turned down like PSA 10s for a fraction of what they went up to um, so not buying those was like super unfortunate and I do that a lot and it's the same thing with you guys trusting your intuition like you just know there's an opportunity ahead of you and you just you just eh, second guess mm-hmm. and you just don't do anything about it so that that is one for sure um, I think another one that I think is important to point out here is um, not grading more yeah talk about this a lot but if, if you're early in the game right like grading 10 cards even at 45 day and that taken six months and that just those being gone for a while you're delaying a, a return later and I think that's really important that allows you to build a, a, a lot of extra equity in your card collection, right? Those cards go away for six months. You're out the cards, you're out the money, and then they come back later as hopefully nines and tens, and then they're worth more money. And that's, again, I've said it before, delayed savings, right? You're, You're bringing more money later in the future by putting the money up front now. And then the third one that comes to mind is trying to make every dollar possible on everything I ever sell. Mm -hmm. That was one that got me for a long time, right? You buy a lot for $500 and it's got 50 cards and you're like, I'm going to maximize my money on every single one of these cards. But if you just flipped it to somebody else and made 50 bucks and you did it on every single transaction, you know, you're getting an extra 50 bucks a week. If you're doing that once a week, that money adds up quicker and allows you to get – bigger and better things, quicker and sooner, you know, doing that. Um and that was one thing I I regretted early on was just trying to make as much money possible from every single deal I did and I I wish I wouldn't have done it that. Yeah, much. I
2: think another something you just said there another thing would be like don't be so married to like recent comps. Like if something is on if something sells for 650, right, on eBay. I'm talking to somebody about a Trey Young. Trey Young's are like 650 on eBay right now, right? Um if you're gonna do a deal with someone direct, like, don't be so attached to the number and like be honest. Like, all right, cool, guy wants to give me six hundred for the card. Fine. Like, it's not the end mm-hmm. of the world. It's not the end of the world. You're not the worst seller on planet Earth if you sell a card for under eBay comps. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh,
1: there was a. Uh, at, at, well, it's another good one for like, what's the biggest mistake beginners make? Is not realizing that. There's value in doing a deal outside of the monetary. The more deals you do, the more deals you learn, the more context you have, the more network. people that want to buy from you, the more people that will rate you high as a seller, yes. you know, uh, the more you're in the mix. And I think to the ideology thing, again, we talk about take this and apply it somewhere else. You're not a beginner in other things. So apply those learnings to this, but also elsewhere, your thing of not doubling down on like being too conservative I really think speaks to everyone because we've all got something intuition in some area where it's like, I fucking knew it, but I wasn't willing to go there. And I think if that's one thing that cards has taught me and that what I've tried to, as I go through this moment in time over the last years, the explosion understanding, because it's pattern recognition, it'll happen again. Apple, Tesla, the tech boom and stocks, right? Like how much did you actually bet on yourself or your own intuition versus hedge against what other people might think if you were wrong or how how you would treat yourself if you were wrong about your own intuition so i think that that is something that's super important just as i sit here and listen to that it's like because once you 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 don't believe a lot of times it's hard to believe in your own self ryan to be like you your career you're a married man that owns a home and you buy and sell cards as like a career. Like you at some point had to be like, I'm going to do this as a lifestyle, not as some random thing on the side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I think that a lot of people, um, know the right thing that they should be doing and believe it because it, it just happened and they see it and their perspective tells them, but they're too risk averse on their own belief because they might let themselves down. Like, if your card shop goes out of business, then damn, maybe I should have just worked the nine to five my whole life instead. Versus, like, nah, I did that.
0: No, I, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree, right? Like, that I, damn I every day.
1: PSA 10 Pikachu Red Cheeks at 550 Like, I should have bought it when I knew I should have bought it rather than like the four techs that would have been like, loser you're buying pokemon cards (laughs) which is the truth
0: as we wrap up today's episode i was thinking i just thought about this a minute ago um thanksgiving all obviously is this week so i would love to get some uh hear some stuff from our listeners so if you've made it this far obviously super super appreciative but a lot to be thankful for right this week um certainly appreciate this this opportunity on the on this uh this podcast and the people that listen, but I would love to get something going once this episode drops about uh, like, let's see, I want to see some like personal collections, right? We talk a lot on this show about like flipping and investing, but a lot of us still collect cards and like still have like personal collections. So you guys I've, I've showed, you know, Lou and Tyler, I have a pretty extensive Ohio state collection. Um, So I would love for some people to post on Instagram in their stories and tag us in their stories Uh, post on twitter we'll certainly get those reposted but some of the cards you're thankful for in your collection as thursday is thanksgiving so i would love to to get some feedback from the listeners so if you guys want to tag us in those we'll be uh be sure to repost them Hell yeah
1: i like that a lot hope everyone has a great thanksgiving stay safe stay healthy i think we're going to do some uh this will drop wednesday we were thinking about maybe doing some live stuff on thursday so if you hear this wednesday Keep an eye out. Maybe throw a little Ooh, notification a little on. Potential. I'm going to throw, get, get in on some live football on Thursday. So I'll be hanging here with my mom and my dad and uh, keeping it low key.
2: That's a wrap
1: on Card Talk this week.
2: Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us
0: if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com And we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group
1: original production.